on this week's episode of Marketing O'Clock. For Twitter Blue subscribers, things just got a whole lot worse. We're all just a cog in the machine learning, but Google Ads gave advertisers a tiny win this week. Google may not have all the answers, but it sure knows how to search for them like a bard with its rhyme antic algorithms. P.S. That was ChatGPT. All on today's show. Welcome, you are listening to Marketing O'Clock. Just stay tuned. Digital marketing news, but let's get specific. Digital ads, SEO, and analytics, social media, and more. Pretty much everything that'll make your website perform. New shows every Friday. We give you the news with sass and puns and definitely high takes. Thank you for tuning in. You know what time it is. It's officially marketing o'clock. Settle in, sit back, keep it locked. Hey there, I'm Christine Zernheld, aka Shep. I'm Jess Bud. I'm Kay Bergs. And it is officially marketing o'clock. Here on February 10th, 2023. Is that the correct date? Yes. Okay. Yeah, two days from now. It's going to go great from here on out, people. <laughs> We're joined by the amazing Kay Bergs. I don't know if you heard, but every time Greg goes out of town, there's like breaking SEO, huge news, or global pandemic. So, so far we've gotten one. I hope we don't get the other. But either way, we're so happy to have you here. Thanks. I'm happy to be here. What's new with you? Um, Not too much. Last weekend, I went to Vermont and got frostbite because apparently it was like the coldest weekend they've ever had. <laughs> Tonight's forecast, a freeze is coming like negative 11 degrees and i was outside and i was cold so you have to be specific about where the frostbite yeah. is after the prince harry book caber oh your fingers oh. your toes it was on my finger oh. like my finger oh. changed color and i was like oh is this normal it went away after like a day you didn't have gloves on no i did but they weren't like good enough mm. that's terrifying I'm yeah. glad you're better. You really needed your typing fingers for today's story. Yeah, I did. Well, I wanted to thank everyone who reached out and congratulated me on the baby news last week. It was really fun getting that cameo surprise from Giselle. And I'm actually, when this episode releases, I will be in the third trimester. It's really crazy how fast this is happening. And it's like really getting to me all of a sudden. Like last night, my husband came home from playing basketball super late and he was like, we need to watch this basketball game because LeBron James is going to break a record, whatever. So it's on the TV at like past 11 p.m., like way past my bedtime. And I guess Kareem Abdul-Jabbar was involved. So LeBron breaks the record and Kareem has to stand up to go congratulate him because he holds the old record. And I could just see the way he was walking. I was like, wow, I have the same back pain as this 75-year-old seven foot two man who played as a professional athlete for 20 years. Like, I could just see his back was like, the pain was in the same place. And I felt for him. I'm sorry, Kareem. You're working really hard, too. Like, it doesn't really feel like you're doing much, probably, but you're making a human and stuff. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And you've done it before. feel really old. (laughs) (laughs) What's new with you, Jess? Um, The Grammys just happened, right? Am I right about that? Yeah. Mm -hmm. I didn't watch them. But I think my son is gunning for one because we asked him last night to make up a song. Would you like to hear the lyrics? I would. I'll try to sing it in the same tune that he did. Oh, I'm so excited. It's not very good. (laughs) But it was out of nowhere, by the way. No context for this whatsoever. We just said make up a song. Onions, onions, show me your onions. (laughs) And he just kept doing it over and over and over again. And 
<laughs> Kit doesn't even like onions. I don't know I the last time I've shown that. him an onion. I don't know what show me your onions means, but I feel like the kids <laughs> have like some suggested. lingo. Doesn't it? I'm like, you're three. I'm not showing you anything, but anyway. That's really cute. Yeah, it's it's something. I bet he has a bright future ahead in the music industry. <laughs> I really hope so. Maybe he'll impress uh, Ben Affleck a little bit more than everybody else did this weekend. <laughs> okay, well, you guys have heard enough of us talking, Kberg. <laughs> Tell us all AI about the news this week so starting with the google bard announcement on february 6th google ceo sundar pichai announced the soft launch of bard which is google's answer to OpenAI's chat gpt and this will be open to a set of trusted testers so this was reported in an article written by barry schwartz at search engine land and basically bard is separate from google search it's acting as like a standalone feature or service And more specifically, it's an experimental conversational AI service powered by a lightweight model version of Lambda, which stands for Language Model for Dialogue Applications. And that was taken directly from the article. Google (laughs) first announced Lambda two years ago at the 2021 Google I.O. keynote, if anybody remembers that happening. And it's designed to draw on information from the web to provide fresh, high-quality responses. So this is a direct quote from Google CEO Sundar Pichai, but he wrote... Soon you'll see AI-powered features in search that distill complex information and multiple perspectives into easy-to-digest formats, so you can quickly understand the big picture and learn more from the web. Google gave some different examples, and they were shown in this article. As far as, like, what it will look like integrated into the search results, this example that they showed that I'm sure, like, everyone has seen by now, they were asking, is piano or guitar easier to learn, and how much practice does each need? And in response to that, and that was just asked in like the Google search bar on mobile. Another example that they gave is what new discoveries from the James Webb Space Telescope can I tell my nine-year-old about, which is like very niche. I don't know how many people will be asking questions like that. But apparently this example had an incorrect answer, which we'll cover below. Let's just get to it now. I was going to save it for take of the week, but we should just get to it now because I thought it was really funny. Okay, so a couple of really smart people were replying to this so the first one was grant tremblay at astro grant sounds pretty smart to me and he said not to be all well actually jerk and i'm sure bard will be impressive but for the record jwst did not take the very first image of a planet outside our solar system the first image was instead done by chauvin something at at ai in 2004 with the vlt N-A-C-O using adaptive octaves. I don't know what any of the words I just said were, but it's just pretty funny that their very (laughs) first example, they were like proven wrong. And then Bruce McIntosh at BMAC underscore Astro. So obviously maybe a rocket scientist. I don't know. He said, speaking as someone who imaged an exoplanet 14 years before JWST was launched, it feels like you should find a better example. (laughs) Not a good look. For their first example. So that was definitely a little bit awkward. But as of right now, BARD is experimental. So this group of trusted testers who, according to Google, are demographically and geographically diverse and also independent of Google are working on it now. So they're working with a third-party supplier who is giving them this diverse set of trusted testers to do the testing. And something that has a lot of people pretty fired up is as at the time the show was recorded, at least, there is no comment on citations or attribution from Google. So as of right now, it's just pulling information from the web without any citations, which isn't cool. As someone who's not in SEO, 
I was asking you earlier if Bard stands for something because I just think it's really a terrible name. And it doesn't seem like it does, right? I find myself calling it Brad all the time. I like that better. Me Brad. Too. Although yeah. Brad didn't seem to go to NASA school, so. No. <laughs> Jennifer Alias, who is a tech reporter at CNBC.com, posted on LinkedIn that in an internal memo that was viewed by CNBC, Bichai said, next week we'll be enlisting every Googler to help shape Bard and contribute through a special company-wide dog food. I don't know what that's supposed to mean. And in the spirit of an internal hackathon. So basically, there's a lot of internal urgency to compete with Microsoft and eat dog food or something. And there's a lot of financial pressure as well, since this is their fourth consecutive quarterly earnings miss that just happened. So there's a lot of pressure. And Bloomberg, this isn't totally related to Bard, but related. They published an article on February 3rd that was written by Davy Alba and Dina Bass, and they said that Google invested almost $400 million in the AI startup Anthropic, which is a testing rival to OpenAI's chat GPT. So it is on <laughs> in the search engine world. So we found some great commentary online, like on Twitter, of everybody weighing in on Google Bard. So the first one that we have is from Adam DeFrisco on Twitter, at D underscore Frisco SEO. He says that he took a look at Google's example of Bard in their article, the example with the piano versus guitar, and then immediately went to match it to the U search engine. And from this one example, he believes that U.com had way better execution. And quite frankly, I agree with this. U.com answered the question directly. Google was more of a, it depends if you like piano or if you like <laughs> guitar, but that's not really a helpful answer when you're looking for specifics. Not at all. So Greg also has a take on this. He's calling in live from the Hilton Garden in Ice Machine Room. <laughs> it's Greg here, recording myself from inside Ice Machine Room. So the two things that I thought were pretty crazy with the Bard announcement is one, the Bard answer was actually very different than every other answer on the SERPs. It had said that it was easier because of the hand positioning on the body, where everything else talked about the chords, you could have a smaller number of keys, and then one actually said a guitar was better. So I thought that was interesting that it contradicted itself. The other thing is, we saw this before with the Passages update, where Google came out, showed what it would look like in the SERPs, showed how it's gonna revolutionize the way that, that content's pulled from the page, from a passage rather than a page itself. And none of it was true. It never looked different. It was never supposed to look different. It was just the press release. So I think hopefully there will be annotations or some sort of citations around where the content came from and who some of those people say actually are. But also, they also might kind of stink at press releases and mocking that up. So. I would hold your breath. Let's hope that something changes when we see it in real life. Wow, that Hilton Garden Inn has great audio quality. It does. Is that in Port Washington? Yeah, I think so. I, I don't like a Hilton Garden Inn. I feel like it's the same quality as a Hampton, but without the free coffee. Yeah. They're all the I've never same. had an opinion on this before. Maybe we should ask Bard. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> on Facebook, G Squared Interactive posted that there is basically no attribution, citations, links, or clicks. And this is a direct quote, but that's an act of war against publishers, in my opinion. And he feels that Neva AI's implementation is a lot better. That's a bold claim. Mm -hmm. Act of war. Glenn Gabe, at Glenn Gabe on Twitter, 
um, in response to a local SEO guide so that Neva AI shows you sources the entire time. They highlight the site when you hover and then you can click through. It's not perfect, but it's a thousand times better than having no sources at all. And then on Twitter, Syed Balki at Syed Balki. I apologize if I'm saying his name wrong, but he put out a poll that said, will AI-based search results lead to more censorship or less? And at the time of this poll, 64.2% said that it would lead to more censorship. 4.7% said less. And then the rest of the people just wanted to see the results without Show voting. Show me the results. Oh, you ruined these polls. And then finally, in our take on this, Lily Ray at Lily Ray New York City on Twitter tweeted, what happens to Bard when the content creators stop creating content? And that's definitely a very good question. Yikes. Dun, dun, dun. It's true, though. How are they going to get away with this no citation thing? Like, people are not going to be happy. No, because then it also, like, you can't check. Mm -hmm. You can't fact check. Never mind giving people credit. You could just make anything up that you want. I'm good at that, but (laughs) (laughs) nobody comes to me for answers. I think it raises, like, a lot of questions about safety, too. Like, how is this going to work with, like, safe search settings for kids if Mm. you have those or if your office or your kid's school has, like, a search control so you can only search for certain things? How is this going to work? Probably won't. Yeah. Next up in main news, um, Microsoft announced February 7th that it'll be launching a new AI-powered search engine. So Harry McCracken, who's the global technology editor for Fast Company, at Harry McCracken on Twitter, tweeted that Bing will give conventional results on the left and GPT-powered answers on the right. And he had a screenshot of that in his tweet. So expanding on that a little bit, in a Verge article that was written by Tom Warren with live updates from Nilay Patel, Bing is running on a next-generation LLM from OpenAI that is more powerful than ChatGPT. So there were a lot of rumors that ChatGPT was being integrated directly into Bing, but this is like a more advanced version of that. So they introduced a new way of working with OpenAI, and it's called the Prometheus model, which will improve relevancy and to answers and make answers up to date. And the core search index improved by applying the AI model to the core search algorithm. So this is like the largest jump in relevance ever, according to Bing, which is very cool. There's thought to be an expanded search box. We'll accept up to a thousand characters, which is a lot of characters. That's a very specific search. It's like bigger on the page, Mm. too. Yeah. Asking for a paragraph. No, thank you. But Microsoft has been preparing for this Bing plus AI integration since 2017. And the model is basically being used as a bad actor to test the model itself. So going back to like that safe search Hmm. concerns that people have, um, combining this like AI feature with regular search results will create sort of a check and balance system. So search can be used to like fact check anything that you see in the side, which is good. In response to a shopping example for a 65-inch TV Lots of footnotes to Forbes.com were shown, and Nilay Patel commented, I know that when I'm looking for a gaming TV, I want a robot to read the Forbes contributor network for me, which I thought was hilarious, because <laughs> nobody wants that. So in reaction to this online, Chris Long, the vice president of marketing at GoFish Digital, shared on LinkedIn that ChatGPT was spotted on Bing and that it is including citations, which is great news and something that Google as of now is not doing with BARD. And I guess there is, like, an ad side to this. Oh, boy. There is. (laughs) Um, Greg is a friend of Microsoft Advertising. It's, like, a group he's in. So they got an email that says, Today's announcement that the new AI-powered Microsoft Bing and Edge are available in preview is incredibly exciting. Then it's blah, 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 blah. 
Then it says, the new experience will have ads from the start. Initially, advertisers will not need to do any incremental work and their current search campaigns will automatically extend to this new experience. I look forward to discussing more with you, in, including the experience soon. So mm. I guess hopefully we'll all be learning more about that soon. But, you know, you don't have to do anything to extend your campaigns. Well, I hope I can do something to stop it if I yeah. want to. Usually that's when they say you don't have to do anything. That's when they just turn whatever you have into something it's not and just repurpose it. And yeah. Nobody wants that. No. So hopefully we'll have more info on that this week. What do you think about like the Google versus Microsoft of it all? So who do you think is doing a better job right now? I would have to say Microsoft just because there are citations. But I think if you can get past the fact that like the computers are taking your job. Like, I know <laughs> I haven't even been out of college five years and already I'm like, wow, there goes my future. No. But, no, I'm just kidding. But I think <laughs> <laughs> I mean, everyone's future is dismal, but yeah, it's not yeah. gone. No, but I think that this is really, really cool. And I think this is adding like a whole nother layer to like search and like SEO that we didn't have before. And I think personally, I'm excited for the challenge to see where this is going to take us. That's a great attitude. That is the right attitude because your job will change. This is going to be really interesting to watch unfold, but I'm not jealous of you at all, Kate (laughs) Glad we had you here this week to break it down for us. Okay, well, it's not just all about SEO people. We had some really hard hitting news (laughs) in Team Paid this week. We got a new little gear icon in Google Ads. It's very important. So this is, it actually is going to be really helpful. I don't have it in my accounts yet. Chris Ridley brought this to my attention. He posted on LinkedIn. He said, in case you need to see this, Google Ads has added a shortcut to a campaign's settings via the campaign's tab. Simply hover over the campaign name and a little cog will appear. So where you have the edit button next to the campaign name with the pencil. Now you have a little cog and it'll pop up your settings like within the same screen in a little pop-up window so you can easily go through your settings without clicking into the campaign, which I think will be really, really nice. You can check on things. You can change things. It's going to be a game changer, but it does seem really small compared to what Caper was talking about. In some people's world, that's huge news. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I want to give Sophie Logan at Marketing Soap a shout out here too because we're probably going to use her image. Um, <laughs> she says, my first time seeing the settings icon next to campaigns in Google Ads, it opens up a settings screen for that campaign. And you can see right next to that pencil edit button is the settings gear. So I think this will be amazing. Even better, Dan Richardson at NJ Dan Rich says it works on ad groups too. Lovely. Yes. So again, I do not have this in any of my accounts. I don't know what the holdup is, Google. Literally could have used it today to be looking at some bid strategies from the all campaigns view, but I hope I have it soon. What else is happening, Jess? I have more news that's going to pale in comparison to everything, but... I don't think so. Yours kind of is big. It is big. It is large. (laughs) If you are concerned about the size of that search box in Bing and want to then tweet what your query was that was a paragraph long, you can. There is a tweet from Twitter, at Twitter, on Twitter. More words, more words, more words, more words, more words, more words. I've already lost count of how many times I said it, but they said it a lot. And then it says, sometimes you need more words. I disagree. Longer tweets are now live for US at Twitter Blue subscribers. And this they tweeted at 3 p.m. on February 8th at the time of recording. 
So that's huge news. But I will say that some of us already knew about it because the one, the only Jane Manchin Wong at Wong M. Jane on Twitter tweeted yesterday, being the 7th, so before Twitter, that this tweet has uh, 26,927 characters. Do you think she has an intern that just did that and counted those characters? <laughs> she probably just like... You copy paste it in increments, right? Or put it in it letter count. Math. Oh, yeah. Use letter count. That's a feature. It's like this website, and you can put like copy in there, and they'll give you like the number of characters you use. Sounds like a cool tool. Yeah, it's fun. They you have ever used written kitten? I have not. You no, just like I keep writing, to. and when you hit every 500 words or something, it shows you a kitten. That's nice. <laughs> you can also wow. count your characters and words in a Google Doc. She could have done any of those things, but I probably an intern. If it was me, <laughs> I would have been counting it by hand because I always take <laughs> a long way. That would take a long time. And it's all, so she said that, right? And then it's all periods or ellipses, I guess, at this point. It took me nine scrolls to get to the bottom of her tweet. And I tried to zoom out in my browser as far as possible. Turns out like 25% is the limit. And I still couldn't get a screen grab of the whole thing. So y'all are just going to have to look at this yourself. But she broke this news yesterday, sort of, um, by doing that. And when I did get to the bottom after all those scrolls, it was worth it because people are just not excited about this at all. We have an I hate this. We have uh, <laughs> this is exceptionally stupid for this platform. I feel like they could have put more words in there to talk about their disdain for it, but maybe they're not Twitter Blue subscribers. I don't know. It's I guess it's big news just because it's such a huge change for the platform, but it like NBD, please don't be that long-winded on Twitter. Nobody yeah. wants to read that. Nobody. That's why everyone's leaving Facebook. Nobody wants to read your monologue. That's so true. But nobody wants those short, like, beautiful gradients with a couple happy birthday words and an emoji, too. So Facebook sucks either way. As someone who writes the marketing o'clock tweets, yes, I'm responsible for the puns um, secretly. (laughs) This is going to be nice if, if we have the ability to not have to limit ourselves to character counts. And it's really annoying that emojis are too. We use yeah. a lot of emojis. I There's definitely tweets could be longer. Do they need to be this long? Yeah. Now it's time for this week's take of the week. This is a hashtag fire digital marketing take with extra spice served up for you. We simply deliver the take for your consumption. We give no opinions. We don't influence. You make the call. Okay, we have a takeoff. Do we use a sound effect here? We should. That was good. <laughs> a lot of people are talking about Brad, so we're going to talk about <laughs> we're gonna all the best Brad tweets. I will not call it Brad again. Okay, Whole Mars Catalog is our first nominee here at Whole Mars Blog. They tweeted, "Open AI. Let's just call it Chat GPT. That has to be the least catchy name pos- possible." Google. Hold my bard. <laughs> Friend of the show, Greg Finn, quote tweeted Barry Schwartz's story. I think this was the initial news breaking about Bard. And he said, Bard, what you get when you let AI name itself. <laughs> I'm not the only one who hates the name. We also have a LinkedIn nominee from Liam Fallon. I had never seen anything like this, but it was like a slideshow post. And it said nine ways you're using Bard wrong was the like the title slide. Then the second slide says, one, you don't have access. You don't even have access to BARD, so how can you be using it wrong? P.S. There's no right or wrong way to use AI. Just do what works for you. So, (laughs) some good advice. Finally here from Ian Helms, at Ian Helms on Twitter. He says, 
Also funny, Ari Bard, is that Google's helpful content update is apparently like, don't use AI to exclusively generate and publish content, but also they're like, we can use it though. And I need a, a disclaimer from Kberg here because apparently this has been debunked, right? Oh, yeah. I think today Google released on their Search Central blog that now they have these content guidelines for people that want to use AI for their content. So I guess it's okay for us now to use it too. I still think it's funny. It's pretty funny. Okay, Kberg, you get to pick the winner. Okay. Just forget hmm. that Greg is our boss. Okay. <laughs> I think I like the whole Mars catalog tweet. I'm going to have to say that that's the winner. I like that yeah, one Yeah, hold my bard. Congratulations, Mars. <laughs> now it's time for this week's ICYMI. ICYMI, people. This is something you just might not have seen. Maybe something that you overlooked, but you shouldn't have. I see why am I people we have a tip straight from our discord community from Christina she is a major player in there if you want more tips from her you can join us at community.marketingonclock.com she says Facebook is changing optimization for ad delivery into performance goal as far as I can tell it seems just to be a naming thing where they show it in the UI. So where it used to say optimization for ad delivery now it says performance goal and in this example she's selective maximize the number of landing page views which i feel like they changed the terminology of that since the last time i had the honor and privilege of running a meta ads campaign as well those are some really over exaggerated words (laughs) (laughs) i think performance goal makes sense but you should probably know that they changed the name if you're have the honor and privilege of working in there thank you christina now it's time for this week's pew pew lightning round At this point in the show, we split up our content into three parts, paid, organic, and social. Our lightning round is brought to you by Wix today. We might be getting a lot of extra SEO listeners with all the news today, and we have another podcast recommendation for you as soon as you finish our show and not a minute before. It is Wix's Serps Up podcast. They release new episodes every Wednesday, and this week Serps Up is all about cool tools for SEO just by season to sis. Add it to your queue. Slash keep going. They don't say cool tools. I did. Oh, okay. <laughs> keep it on. This is what they said. So to quote host Morty Overseen, he says, tools, tools everywhere and not an insight to spare. Season to sis. <laughs> I know. What a bard. <laughs> you just invented rhyming. <laughs> this week, he and Crystal are discussing what you, discussing what you should look for before you use or buy an SEO tool with some extra help from Ahrefs' Patrick Stocks. It's a really great episode. They have over 20 episodes in the inventory now, each diving deep into a specific SEO topic with news and help from other experts in the SEO community that you know and love. Check out SERPs Up wherever you listen to podcasts or on the Wix SEO Learning Hub at wix.com slash SEO slash learn. Just remember to finish our show first. Thank you, Wix. Okay, first up in the paid universe this week, we're going to need an assist from the potty mouth, just bud. <laughs> Anthony Higman says, at Google Ads, must be running out of search queries they can show me because they are now including curse words. Jess, what is this query? <laughs> I sound like such a baby. I just thought it would be fun to have you say it. <laughs> I swear it wasn't me that searched this. <laughs> I hope not. Get a great f***ing criminal defense lawyer. <laughs> Get a great criminal defense lawyer didn't give them the results they want. In case you're worried about, yeah, Anthony's life, 
This was a close variant. Phrase <laughs> <laughs> match close variant. But we always got to keep you updated on what's happening in those SQRs. So you could be bidding on like frickin'. <laughs> it's pretty close. And it's probably a hundred dollar click. Like anything with lawyers is so expensive. Oh, this poor criminal. <laughs> So you sad. get one phone call, but you get as many search queries as you need. <laughs> oh, my God. You're on fire. <laughs> okay. Next up from another bard, Mike Ryan at Mike Ryan Retail on Twitter. He says, quote, PMAX kills shopping. Thoughts on this? So he has a graph. He says, this chart is reporting share of cost per campaign type in an account that is running PMAX and shopping in parallel on the same products. Shopping is still grabbing lots of high quality auctions. We'll obviously show it on the screen for you, for you if you're watching on YouTube or Spotify, but Boris Becerric took the words out of my mouth. He said, that's a whole <laughs> lot of standard shopping. And it is. So maybe it's not killing it. I don't know. Maybe we'll have some more takes on this from mike ryan himself in a few weeks stay tuned okay next we have mm-hmm. ugh, news brought to you by lawrence chassis hello lawrence this is an email from microsoft advertising with the power of automated bidding you can tap into more high quality volume across microsoft advertising while meeting your unified performance goals as a result we are moving away from manual bids and bid modifiers for the audience network to more intelligently optimize your cross-channel performance What's updating, you ask? Starting February 21st, you will no longer see the audience bid modifier in your campaign settings. Moving forward, Microsoft Advertising will work to fully optimize your campaigns as our machine learning algorithms drive performance to your goals across channels. There's no action you need to take. Of course. You'll be open to those bids. And just to remind you, they just updated their network settings and all of the options include the audience network. So you are opted in. Deal with it, people. (laughs) Lauren says, figured this would happen. There was a lot to it, so make sure you look for the email. There was no single support page for information on this for me to share. They had a lot of links of information in the email. So I we all knew this was coming, but I hate it. Okay, and from Marty Swant at Marty Swant on Twitter. A few stats from Alphabet's Q4 results. Total ad revenue was down 3.6% year over year. Ad revenue from search, YouTube, and Google's network biz fell. Non-ad revenue from Google Cloud and other bets grew in Q4 year over year. Next up here, a lot of people were concerned last week. I saw this first from Chris Ridley, but people were getting emails that said, we'll soon configure Google Analytics 4 for you. I think they missed the opportunity to leave the word 4 out of that. It would have been fun. So Chris Ridley posted the email on Twitter. He It says, Universal Analytics standard properties will stop processing data on July 1st, 2023. For any customer who does not set up a GA4 property with basic settings starting in March, we will configure one with a few basic settings consistent with the existing Universal Analytics property. This includes certain conversion events, Google Ads links, and existing website tags. For UA customers whose websites are tagged with the gtag.js or analytics.js, we will create a connected site tag. We will reuse existing tags when possible and send traffic to the new GA4 property. We do not wish to have a GA4 property created and configured based on your UA property and use existing tags. You may opt out and there is a link. That's a lot. How can they do that? 
Yeah, so a lot of people were really upset. Ginny tweeted to clarify a few things, but it's really the same information. They're setting it up for you. Um, she says, first to clarify, this update has no impact on existing UA or GA4 properties. And you, if you already have a GA4 fully set up, no action is required. I love when these ad platforms, well, this isn't an ad platform, but it's coming from an ad platform liaison. Um, no action is ever required. It's so nice. So much action is required. Things are different. Yeah. Yeah. How are they? I guess I don't understand from a technical perspective, but how it's a different tag. I know. People, I mean, people are going to get upset when they're doing anything on their behalf. I don't love this. Again, if you're listening and you don't want to be a part of this, you can opt out. You can set it up yourself. They have like a setup wizard that's supposed to make it easier. They've been bothering people too. Yeah. People have been getting like that notification that says mm-hmm. that you can just like link it with your UA and people with existing properly configured GA4 properties are like asking me if they should do anything. I'm like, no, it'll like, I don't know if it'll undo what you're doing, but you already have stuff. Like there's no, they're just, there's not been good. Were they getting the email for like a different property or something? Mm-mm. No, I it's like a notification to. right in the platform. Yeah. I've been sent several screenshots. They're That's like pestering scary. people. Yeah. So that must be why. She said this has no impact on existing UA or GA4 properties. Well, yeah. Somebody ought to say that in the notification. And Thank I guess, you, Jenny. Yeah, that was kind of organic news, but Kaberg had a lot to talk about, and <laughs> Jenny was talking about it, so I just took it. <laughs> Thank you, Chef. Thank you. <laughs> I appreciate you. Some more tales from PPC Reddit. It's been a minute. The first one is from user 1Firefighter7160. And this is 24 hours after an ad specialist helped me optimize my ads. I have five impressions on my ads and zero clicks after an ad specialist guided me in fixing my ads for one hour on the phone. I contacted her back and she said said it needs 14 to 21 days to learn and that's the focus. So the focus is to lose business? I'm confused. This seems like a weird one to me because they're usually trying to get you to spend more money. Yeah, I just, this person put a lot of faith in that. Yeah. Like, they seem to know what they're doing. Why would they even talk to this yeah. rep? And in the comments, I know it said that they switch from maximize clicks to maximize conversions, which without any other context, I usually feel like is a good move. But again, they know their business, and it seems like they're concerned, and they're losing business. So don't trust a rep on the phone. Make sure you're making decisions with someone you trust. Next, posted by user JustCallCom. Two important reasons why Google Shopping ads are becoming a scam. And I have to read a couple of full paragraphs from this because it's truly some bard here. Did I use that correctly? Yeah, Brad. Good job. <laughs> you want to tweet it? I can't. I would butcher this. This is really beautiful, beautifully written. Google pimping their wretched broad match under the cover of machine learning. Well, let it be clear. Their machines are downright stupid. Search term irrelevancy was bad last month. We are highly niche store t-shirts for tall men despite having over 3,000 negatives including terms only god knows the intent behind them such as the term blt (laughs) maybe they want a subway sandwich customers are still clicking on our ads for absolutely irrelevant search terms such as larson and co and hypoallergenic we are a damn fashion brand not a pharmaceutical company as we suppose Are we supposed to spend our entire damn lives adding stupid negatives such as those because Google are insistent on denying all ability to add phrase and exact match keywords? It is blatant scam-like behavior, their fascination of cementing broad match into shopping campaigns after their failure in search campaigns. 
Why are our ads showing for such irrelevant terms from which clicks literally have a zero chance of conversion? We call it a scam and downright robbery. Daylight robbery. Oh, <laughs> that's even worse. <laughs> I hope I didn't mess anything else up. That was just beautiful, just call calm. Like, I, I agree with every word. I loved it. There was so much heart in that. And I'm sorry for your losses. Um, the second reason, and this is big, is the search terms report. Why were 80% of our clicks, yes, 80% in our USA campaigns last month under the other search terms. This alone is making Google Shopping a downright scam. Either we are incredibly unlucky to not have the slightest <laughs> idea where 80% of our budget is going, or this is a rampant problem due to Google's wretched monopoly in the PPC space. Wow. I know. We need just call Calm to like go to Washington, make some change for us. This is amazing. Mm -hmm. Okay, next we have a submission from Substantial Nebula 797. Space theme today. I yeah. know. I bet they would have gotten the right answer too. Max performance down after January. First of all, I love, I don't know if that was on purpose, but we used to call it max performance, remember? No. We used to like act like it was a guy named Max. Oh, of course. Yeah. I run an e-commerce running about 4,000 to 5,000 products in Pmax. Performance has been great, but all of a sudden from yesterday, we have gone from having 20 to 30 orders by lunch to having four to six orders. There's obviously something wrong, but how do I go ahead finding the problem here? We rely solely on Google generating our sales, so there are no other channels having an effect either. Appreciate all help. And this is the problem with Pmax because you have no insight into see what's changing. You can see impressions, clicks, conversions. You can't see what networks they're on. You can't see like if a change happened. You have no idea, and that's why it's so scary. Okay, last one here. <laughs> WTH is up with Google. 650 euro. Is that euro? No, no. That's pounds? Great British pounds. pounds. Yeah. For an exact match click. The search term is indemnity insurance for consultants. And indeed, one impression, one click, 100% click-through rate, average CPC, 646 pounds. I bet it'd be a lot cheaper for indemnity insurance for f***ing consultants. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, Kberg, that's all I got. What do you have for us today? Okay, so in more AI-related news, Google Search released guidance about AI-generated content on the Google Search Central blog, and basically they're saying that they'll reward high-quality content however you produce it, so whether a human writes it or whether you have AI do it, and they gave guidelines for how AI can be used to generate helpful content, and they told creators to focus on EEAT, or experience, expertise, authoritativeness, and trustworthiness. And they said, don't use AI to game search engines, which is pretty obvious. And everyone's mm -hmm. going to try to. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so according to Barry Schwartz at Rusty Brick on Twitter, I see YMI, Bing Webmaster Guidelines updated for the new AI-powered search engine with conversion mode and Bing Image Creator and updating the answers section. So he posted a link there to SE Roundtable where you can learn more about this. But Bing made these changes to their Webmaster Guidelines. So everybody check that out. Next, Adam DeFrisco at D underscore Frisco SEO said that Beidou um, launched their version of the chat GPT project, which the English name is called ErnieBot, and it's um, started like, internal testing, so it said it'll be complete in March and will soon after be open to the public, which is exciting. So pivoting away from some of the AI news that we've been seeing, um, as seen on Twitter from Azim at Azim Digital and also on Search Engine Land from Barry Schwartz. But Google search, the Google search podcast carousel is going away on February 13th. 
As a result, clicks and impressions and how people find your show will drop to zero after that date. Yikes. So consider downloading all your historical data. What am I going to do not Googling marketing o'clock and seeing where we were in the carousel every day? I guess your heart will be broken come Valentine's Day. Or not. So in the next story, (laughs) more podcast news and search. So in an article written in 9to5Google by Abner Lee, Google search is adding a personalized podcast directory to replace episode results. So you're in luck. Mm. And basically this directory is going to officially be called What to Podcast, and it will be similar to movie and TV recs that are already in Google search now. Is that a verb? Yeah, I thought podcast as a verb meant like what we're doing right now, not Mm -hmm. someone listening. listening. I don't know. I guess according to this article, Google's hey, officially going to call happen? that. <laughs> I'm not in charge. <laughs> yes, you are. I don't know how it's going to be like personalized, Ooh. but it says that there will be different carousels like popular podcasts, established podcast series, and then that politics is like a <laughs> category. So it'll give you links to Spotify or like other places if you want to listen to it. And you can click visit website as well. And it'll take you to the website. We'll have to see what happens. Well, if it's personalized, I can take it personally when our clicks go down. Actually, yes. Good point. Mm -hmm. Maybe they'll go up. Only our fans will see it. Mm -hmm. So next from the Google Live from Paris event, which happened this morning, which is February 8th. Um, in an article written by Mark Wilson and Tech Radar, Google basically showcased the many ways they're continuing to include AI into products like Maps. And a lot of these features we already saw at Google I.O., but they're starting to roll out now. And there was a new Google Lens feature that I thought was cool that will let users on Android double tap the power button to do Google search for things like screenshots. And the example that they gave was if someone sent you like a video of like a building, and I think the building they had was like in France, um, you could then like click on the video, double tap the power button, and it would pull up like search so you could learn what the building was, hmm. which is cool. I don't know why you couldn't ask your friend what the building was, but <laughs> excellent point. <laughs> hey, what's that building? Yeah, have any no. friends? Look it up. Yeah. <laughs> Austin Reef at Austin Reef on Austin underscore Reef, excuse me, on Twitter said that YouTube Shorts monetization is here. So he shared that he got 1.3 million views. Tw- 14.2k hours watched all for a grand total of $59 which to me seems really depressing wow he said it's time to retire so good for him um, but by contrast so Sean Frank at Sean Ecom on Twitter time for your boy to retire it's so sad I really liked hearing you say that well, so Sean Frank at Sean Ecom on Twitter responded and he said that the TikTok Creator Fund paid $20 for 10 million views. Isn't that insane? Wow. Yeah. So by contrast, I guess bothering? YouTube is more profitable. I'm not bothering. That's a good point. I'm not either. <laughs> okay. So next, Glenn Gabe at Glenn Gabe on Twitter tweeted that sports retailer Fanatics plans to launch live stream shopping in H2 2023, led by ex-Googler and Snap executive Nick Bell. And the initial content will focus on breaking, which is where creators will open new boxes of trading cards live on camera and then sell them to followers. Wow. It's the most boring thing I've I ever know. heard. I feel like that's really depressing. Yeah. People are into People it, but are. I just... They're mystery packs. Yeah. We did mm-hmm. We did one of those once, like way back in the day. Cypress North got in on like an unboxing thing and then I forgot how it works. But I got... Yeah. I got some card that was worth a lot of money that no longer is and I didn't sell it and it's in a filing cabinet in my garage. Oh, wow. Nobody daytime robbed me or whatever. <laughs> Also, Fanatics is a big um, seller of New Era caps, which is where my husband works. This is a very personalized story to me. 
Did you receive it in your carousel? <laughs> <laughs> All right. And then finally, in organic news, Google Analytics tweeted on Twitter and they announced that the GA4 training program and certification on Skillshop is now available in 22 languages. That's positive. Which is good news. We don't you. need that. I was trying to think of a second language to say great in, and I'm not smart, so I couldn't. Yeah. Bueno? Prego? <laughs> yeah. Oui. <laughs> Kay Briggs, are you tired of talking? A little <laughs> bit. I'm done now. That's great news and Yeah, positive. that is good news. Yeah. I have more good news, I guess, if you give a First up, it's social. <laughs> From We Are Social and Meltwater, some of the coolest names I've ever heard. Some fresh global social media stats for y'all. First up, Facebook is the world's most used social platform with 2.9 billion global active users. YouTube is next with 2.5 billion. I don't ever think about YouTube as a social platform. No. Right? Like, I, I know think people of it as can, a search engine. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it thinks of itself as a search engine, too, I think. But even with shorts, I know people can share video. I don't know. It's like a... I don't know. To me, it's not a uh, social platform, but to uh, melt water, it is. The average time that is spent on social each day, again, these are global stats, is two hours and 31 minutes, which is up 2% from last year. Again, this includes YouTube and also WhatsApp and other social messengers. So it's not just people scrolling their feed for hours. That's just me in my bed at night. But it does speak to the presence of social platforms in our lives. We rely on them for entertainment and communication. And that's all being lumped in here. So it is a lot of time, but it's spent in different ways. Interestingly, time spent on TikTok monthly is at almost a full day. So a whole day out of your month or 23.5 hours is spent on TikTok, which is crazy. But right? Like that's what is happening to the world. Everybody's tired and they're laying down. Um, To my point, though, about communication and entertainment, YouTube is up there, too, with 23.1 hours. We watch a lot of YouTube instead of TV in our house, so I feel like that makes sense. People probably use TikTok for the same thing. And uh, WhatsApp was at 17.3. Again, these are hours a month. The TLDR basically is people are still using social, obviously, more than last year also. So, um, yeah, think about the diversity and the way people are using things, but usage is up across the board. All right. Speaking of TikTok, they are launching a new strikes-based penalty system that can be used to permanently ban accounts that habitually violate community guidelines. Per the platform, quote, repeat violators tend to follow a pattern. Our analysis has found that almost 90% violate using the same feature consistently and over 75% violate the same policy category repeatedly, end quote. So there's going to be different thresholds basically for different levels of harm that you can cause by violating these policies. They said that, you know, they might be stricter, obviously, about um, people promoting hateful ideologies versus just sharing spam that doesn't harm anybody. So it's not going to be universal, but there's essentially different thresholds if you have they didn't say anything like three strikes but three strikes you're out in some cases and maybe six in another who knows um if you're bad all over the place also if you're violating multiple policies multiple times you can be banned and if you are on the path for reform there is hope for you strikes will expire from an account after 90 days so there's a way out if you decide to do better petition to add strikes for anyone who doesn't put captions on their video because it's disrespectful to mothers agree Mothers and anyone that sleeps with a partner. Yes. Like you, if you don't have your headphones in, you can't enjoy videos without captions. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Adults everywhere. Get it together, people. Mm-hmm. Add the captions. Retweet. 
Buried at the bottom of this article, by the way, was another feature that is apparently in testing that will provide creators with information about which of their videos are ineligible for recommendation in the For You feeds, as along with a link to um, more information about why and a link to appeal the process. So that's just a test, but that was buried there in the news. A friendly reminder by way of Rock Ladnick at Rock Ladnick on Twitter. Shared a graphic um, with Instagram's 9x16 asset design safety zones. Basically, long story short, Instagram says consider leaving roughly 14% of the top and 20% of the bottom free from text logos or other creative elements for stories and reels because they could get covered by interface stuff. And you know that I love to end on a high note. So here is a tweet from at Twitter Dev. They tweeted this on February 2nd. So it was after we recorded last week. Starting February 9th, we will no longer support free access to the Twitter API, both V2 and V1.1. A paid basic tier will be available instead. And it's a thread. The thread is not very long. They talk about how they have billions and trillions of tweets and all this other shit that nobody cares about. And then they end with, we'll be back with more details on what you can expect next week. Because they gave us a week's notice that they're pulling support for free use of the API. And then they said they were going to do that on the 9th, so seven days after they tweeted this. And then they promised us they would come back. Today is the 8th. We are recording on the 8th. They did not come back. Radio silence on that Twitter account. People are pissed. Things are going to stop working. Buffer was engaging in some conversation with users. They're trying to figure it out. But unless people are communicating privately, and by people I mean Twitter and platforms, like there's nobody knows what's going on and things are going to stop working tomorrow. And as you're listening to this, probably already have. So RIP in peace. Hope, you're, hope your shit's not f***ed. <laughs> Jessica. Resident potty mouth. That's it for is busy enough about bleeping out every other word you have to say. And that brings us to our real life segment, straight out of our accounts and into your ear holes. It's time for Working Hard or Hardly Working, where we talk about what's going on in our IRL work, good, bad, or otherwise. Hardly working for me this week. I think I used this as a hardly working before, but I'm just going to add more context. Google ads smart bidding has been so slow to like get out of the learning mode you really need five full days and some of that time it's just not spending any money and it's so frustrating and you want to go in and make all these changes and try to make things better for your clients and like you're meeting with them and you want to say like this is what i'm doing right now and sometimes that just isn't an option because you need to do like one thing at a time to figure out what's helping. So we'll be like, oh, we should pause this campaign and raise this budget and change the target CPA to this. And you need to pick like one thing at a time and then wait five days. And I hate that. So thank you for nothing, Google Ads. Jess, what about you? I have a, a positive for Microsoft. Um, their conversion setup instructions and Microsoft ads for Google Tag Manager. It's been a long time since I have had to set anything up. And when I went to do it, it was a nice guided process that was not there the last time I had to do that because I'm a dinosaur. So thank you. Okay, Bricks? So I would say this week my working hard is J2 because J2 helped me figure something out in Google Publisher Center. So I didn't realize that when you have like the feed URL for the RSS feed, that it needs to be verified. Like you verify your website, but you also need to verify those feed URLs, which I didn't know. So the articles were not pulling in and it was just showing as empty and I could not figure it out. So J2 helped me figure it out. And he's so. a developer on our team, people. Yes. He's not like a cool tool. <laughs> the developers everywhere working hard. Yeah. Yes, shout out to him. 
And now for this week's cool tool. As a reminder, our cool tool segment is not an official endorsement or paid mention. We're simply sharing something we found in our travels that may be of use to our listeners. And is really, really cool. All right. Our cool tool today sticks with the week's AI theme to help you write like a dream. I can rhyme too. It's Ghostwrite, the chat GPT email assistant. It is a Chrome extension that'll help you reply, compose, and write emails instantly from just a few words, which sounds scary, but I will say their own documentation says we are not perfect. That is a quote. It encourages folks to review, edit, add more detail and personal touches. It's not Kberg's a human or a robot trying to take your human element away, but self-reflection is uh, very important. So it seems pretty cool. Matt Navarro called it one of the best AI-powered email assistants he's tried, and it's free at least for now, so it could be worth the time that it does save you just getting started. Um, so if you want to try it, we'll have the link in our newsletter as well as on Discord, so you can pick your poison and check it out. But Kbergs, back on September 14th, 2022, I bet you wish that this thing existed because I heard that you, re- oh my <laughs> you God. received an email, and I think you want to talk about it. I need to read like the creepiest sales email <laughs> I've ever received from anyone so it was written with AI, which when I first read this, I did not realize it was written with AI. I thought it was a real human. So from that perspective, the email says, hi, Kathleen, we hope things are looking good at Cypress North. We picked a few marketing strategists like you to join our exclusive session below. It's interesting to see that Cypress North is passionate about web development and design advancements. Okay. I've read an article about how there's no doubting that web development practices are rapidly evolving. (laughs) But as technology advances, the transition will get easier. Do you agree? And there's like a space. We felt you'll accept our introduction meeting where we shared more details. By the way, and this is the part that really gets me. Have you heard of Five Flags Park on Washington Street in Buffalo? They must be awesome. Have a nice rest of your week. That is so So, creepy. I've lived here for a while. I've never heard of Five Flags Park. So I looked this up online. The first thing that comes up is a bus stop. Oh, no. I was thinking it was like Six Flags and they got the number wrong. No, it's maybe. Maybe that's what they meant. But I looked it up and showed a bus stop in downtown Buffalo. (laughs) You should go there for this meeting that they're trying to have with you and share your passions. What? Wow. Yeah. So uh, I don't know what that was about. But then like like they're trying to pick you up, Kbergs. Yeah, I don't know what they were trying to do. But I read like the thing about the AI and everything. So there's like a section where you could respond to them and let them know that like the AI did a bad job. So I tried to do that and the form was broken. Oh, so AI probably made that too. Probably. (laughs) But be warned. Now it's time for our must read marketing article of the week. An article so advanced, so in-depth so detailed that we simply cannot cover it in its entirety on today's show. Okay, last week, oh, this is the must read marketing article of the week by the way. Everybody, I don't I'm, I'm new here. <laughs> <laughs> last week I was whining about a change in Google Ads with contextual targeting. So you used to be able to combine different types of contextual targeting and layer it with and. So you could create like a super niche audience by saying it has to be on this website and a page related to this content keyword or whatever. Now they're changing everyone's settings. So anything that's and is going to be or you're going to have a million more impressions. I don't know why nobody's talking about this and I'm screaming about it. And then they notified people via email, but this directly affects some of my accounts and I didn't get the email. So if I wasn't on the show, I would just be hopeless. I digress. 
There were two LinkedIn posts from some people that are just as upset about this as I am, but not screaming and writing nice words. Okay, so the first one was from Sam T. And he starts by quoting the email in his post. He says, starting in March 2023 in an effort to help advertisers reach more people. That's what Google said. And he says, which is the wrong objective? It should be to help advertisers reach the right people. Quantity does not drive quality. All and content targeting. And then it gets into how it's working. But that's exactly the point. And then everyone should check this post out because he gets into how this change is going to affect everyone in four different ways or people who were using that and targeting before and what advertisers can do to prepare. So we will have a link to that. Discord, show notes, all the places. Not the show notes. We'll have it in the newsletter. Also, Brad Geddes is upset about this. He posted on LinkedIn, this is another case of Google removing control for smart advertisers who have to keep seeking other inventory sources before, besides Google to keep getting the same quality traffic. I know we'll see more spend leave Google in favor of other DSPs with better targeting options. So again, we will have links to both of these posts. I think there were some great insights here that you'll want to check out. They will be at marketingoclock.com slash newsletter, community.marketingoclock.com if you want to join us on Discord and see them there. Sorry, Greg, I don't know if I'm supposed to give that much away, but these are great posts. <laughs> and now onto our playlist of curated songs to work to. You can head over to playlist.marketingoclock.com. Kbergs, what are you adding to marketing a playlist this week? It's the end of the world as we know it oh, by no. R.E.M. She's feeling a vibe <laughs> this week. It's a good song. It is. Um, I'm going to do Adele, I Drink Wine. The Grammys reinvigorated my love for her new album. Wow, you are also feeling a vibe. <laughs> I'm not really drinking wine. Jess? Um, everyone loves a cover that's better than the original, so I am going with the Horrible Crows version of Katy Perry's Teenage Dream. It's absolutely lovely. Oh, I guess I need to check it out. Warm and fuzzies. You'll love it. <laughs> All right. That does it for today's show. It is now officially not Marketing O'Clock. Thanks for listening. And we'll see you next week. Thanks for listening to Marketing O'Clock. If you're looking for more information on today's topic, head over to marketingoclock.com slash newsletter to receive every single article we covered. We share the news as it breaks in our Discord community. Head over to community.marketingoclock.com to join. Welcome to this week's Shoot in the Heck. We're after our famous Friday news show. We don't talk about marketing anymore. We just shoot the heck. And Greg is at a Hilton Garden Inn somewhere. So Jess has prepared a game for us today. I have. I brought papers just like Greg would. Okay. Pulling my best Greg Finn. That's always a sign for a great time. It's going to be a good time. It's trivia. Okay. Because that's easy. And we're going to play by Greg's rules. Everybody buzz in with your name. It's very easy. Buzz in with your name. If you want to play, I will award a point to every right answer and subtract two to every wrong answer. So be brave, but don't self-sabotage. Is there a theme we should be aware of? There is a theme. But we shouldn't know yet? Well, I can tell you the theme. Okay. It's a big event that's happening this weekend. Like in your life? Oh, the or? Super Bowl. This, oh. Yeah, no. The Rihanna Bowl. There are no big events in my life. Okay. Kbergs, but <laughs> thank you. Okay. So. First question. What sport is played during the Super Bowl? Shep. Kbergs. Shep. I can't believe I got it. <laughs> American football. Yes. That's exactly what I had written here. Okay. Would you have given me points for just football? I'm not sure if I would have. Okay. I'm not sure. Thank you for not doing that. Okay. Shep. One. Tables. Are you quaking? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> Who is playing in this year's showdown? Tables. Shep. Kbergs. 
Whoa. I'll give it to you. I don't even know if I know. Okay. It is the Kansas City Chiefs and the Philadelphia Eagles. Wow. I wasn't even going to require the city name, but I'll give that to you. Okay. K Bergs won. Okay. <laughs> Tables is losing. <laughs> Welcome to sports. Okay. What artist had the most watched Super Bowl halftime show to date? Shep. Well, are we counting like just the time it was on or YouTube? I'm whatever parade. <laughs> I want to say Thanks. Prince. Anyone else? Uh, can I go? Yes. Um, Beyonce. Tables. I was going to say Beyonce. Um, I'll give you all four of their lost points if you get it right. It's really just what was the biggest game. I'm going to say the Rolling Stones. All right. Negative four to all of you. I hope it wasn't Madonna because she fell. That would have been so embarrassing. Oh, no. Was it Lady Gaga? No, it's Katy Perry. Oh, Katy Perry. The Left Shark one. So it must have just been the game. That's like not regarded as like one of the best performances. Listen, Parade.com. I went to Greg's source. (laughs) Okay. Um, All right. How much did a ticket to the very first Super Bowl cost? Shep. Yes. $5.99. $5.99. Nope. Tables. Tables. 50 cents. Nope. Kbergs. Yes, Kbergs. $20. No, I'm going to stop subtracting points or you guys are not going to win. Um, the answer was $12. Uh, bonus points for what year that was? Oh. 1977. I'll give you five <laughs> points for being 10 years off. It was okay. <laughs> 1967. And um, that's that. late. Yeah. But I would have thought earlier. No, 1967, it was in January that year, not February. And it, the equivalent in today's dollar amount is $106.63, which is very, very cheap because I hear you can get in for like 6 k yeah. this year. I was really worried Taylor Swift was going to be the halftime performance and I was going to have to find a way to get there. Oh, I'm, you already spent $6,000 to see her. <laughs> I was so relieved. <laughs> All right. Um, what other major sporting event is held on Super Bowl Sunday? Shep. Yes. The Puppy Bowl. Yeah. One point for Shep. That doesn't count. <laughs> it's on the sheet, K-Works. It's printed. Okay. What phrase was used to describe Janet Jackson's infamous halftime show mishap? Tables. Tables. Wardrobe malfunction. Yes, tables on the board. I'll give you five since you had negative Was that four. like the invention of that phrase? I don't know. It just really rose Do to Do you fame. remember that? No. When so was that? I think it was... I don't have that in my notes. I want to say like 2003. 2002. That would be good trivia. That would be Mm. good trivia. Look it up. Okay. Um, How many chicken wings are consumed on the average Super Bowl Sunday? In Buffalo or in all of the U.S.? In everywhere. Is this per person? No. Or no? (laughs) Total. Total. It was 2004. Um, Good job, guys. Three million. 1.3 billion. I'm not giving anyone a chance to steal because I feel like we're going long. Um, negative points, K-Bricks. How, <laughs> how much do Americans, tables, spend on beer for Super Bowl Sunday? Gross. Sure. Oh, I, you said tables like he had to do it. No, because Americans, he asked on the last I, question. I'm so bad at like big amounts of money. T- $2 million. I don't know. 1.3 billion. Okay. I don't know if that's... Billion? Yeah, 1.3 billion chickens and 1.3 billion beers. Wow. That is not accurate. That sounds like a good time. Wait, beers or dollars? Dollars on beer. But Do you think that's number? real? I have no idea. Yeah, they're both the same number. Doesn't that blow your mind? Can't be real. No. Nothing's real. I guess maybe like when if you're at the bar, they cost more. I guess. What kind of beers are these people drinking? 1.3 billion, $1 drafts. Is that the ABP? <laughs> I wish. All right, two more questions. 
<laughs> what NFL quarterback legend and star of 1994 feature film about a missing fish never got a Super Bowl ring? Wait, what? Tables. Yes, tables. Dan Marino. Yes! Ace Ventura, Pet Detective is the film. <laughs> tables, I'm going to give you seven points for that. Laces out. Okay, and the last one, whoever gets this right can steal. Which okay. non-Super Bowl <laughs> steal, steal the win from Tables, who has like 70 <laughs> points. Okay. Which non-Super Bowl football halftime show is credited with the most... Shut up! It's If you haven't seen it, you haven't lived and you don't know America. I don't believe it. You, you haven't seen it? No, I'm not oh, talking about Everyone needs to watch The Creed 2001. Actually, it might be 2002. Oh, no, it's 2001. Super, uh, Thanksgiving Day halftime show performance. That is America. And we'll see you next week. Wait, who won? Okay, thank you. We'll see you next week.